welcome to another podcast of Cosmic Halitofo. Oh. <laughs> um, so this is an exciting week. We have our first ever guest. First ever guest. Uh, Dorothy DeBrule. Yes. Um, the director of Peter Space, Peter Performance Space here in Los Angeles. And the reason that we asked Dorothy to be on the podcast was because she's performing in this piece that Tem is also performing in, and we wanted to compare and contrast their experiences. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yes. We want to catch you guys up on uh, what uh, old Mimi and Diddy, Temba and Genevieve have been up to <laughs> lately. What have we been up to lately? Um, a lot of work, a lot of mindless painful work what do you mean what do you what tell what what are you doing for a job now we talked about Uh, our jobs so many episodes ago but now you kind of have two jobs right yeah well uh the first one i've been doing just kind of like to make just a a random grab at things um to just get some income going is working at this like startup company that does like storage and moving so it's pretty mindless awful shit labor intensive super kind of feeling depressed about it and the schedule's super like inconsistent so sometimes I'm like okay I'll be okay and then I'll have like a shift canceled like the night before I'm like okay I'm fucked now um so yeah I've been kind of feeling down about that um and until we uh launched like a little project that we've been working on Mm-hmm. Um, called Sacred Sadism. Mm-hmm. Those of you guys who follow us on our other social media channels, like Gorgeous Taps or Tem Bizzle or our new channel, Sacred Sadism, um, know that we are creating a line of uh, eco-sexual impact play art objects. Yes. What does that mean, <laughs> sir? <laughs> it means these are art handcrafted uh, art pieces, functional art pieces. Uh, so they are made with plant replicas. But what are they really? They're not art objects. I mean, they are. No, they are. They're like floggers. They're, they're uh, impact play yeah, toys. Yeah. So we made a line of BDSM tools, basically. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, kind of reimagining of some of the 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 uh, existing existing uh, BDSM tools, um, and making them a little more kind of plant focused, and and by that we just mean like using the imagery of plants. Yeah, they look <laughs> They're like not actually plants, which is really interesting because as we have lo- as we've launched this and people have expressed their interest and wanted to buy them, a lot of people think that what we created are. Uh, Floggers and the paddles and uh, uh, swatters that are actually made of plants, which is super interesting. Because I don't, I would love to do that, and I think eventually we might create a product where you're able to plug live plants into the paddle or into the handle. But it's been very interesting. We're actually making them out of uh, reproduction plants, so they're plastic, they're silicone, they're rubber. Um, excuse me, I'm. I'm burping. We just finished dinner. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically I had this idea for these this project a long, long time ago. Um, didn't quite know how to realize it until I met Temba and he worked with Wood and we decided to work on this project together, which has been super, super exciting. It yes. really feels like a realization of, I don't know, part, part of our, part of the reason that we got together, I yeah. feel, is in this project and, you know. So I've always felt like um, whoever ended up being my 
life partner was going to be someone who we, we like got together for a reason to kind of birth something into the world that didn't exist before that would hopefully have a really big impact or a lasting or meaningful impact in the world and in creating this project with you I really feel like some little component of my like life's path and life mission is being fulfilled in the fact that we found each other we're creating this thing together it has like a kind of philosophy and like meaning and message behind it that I think is very impactful and powerful and is like based on a lot of the shared values that we have about how the world turns and how it might need to evolve I guess yeah definitely I feel like there's multiple things that we connect on and kind of want to exhibit to the world that are things that would be extremely beneficial for people to kind of look at or think about you know so then going back to kind of how you've been feeling like you said you're feeling depressed work is depressing and do you feel like some of that has like come back around because we're finding a way that's like a possible way that we can live and exist in this world that might we'll see might end up being a way that we can make money that's not working for other people is that part of what's turned it around for you or is it just being creative in general um all of the above i mean this specific project is something that brings me a lot of joy and uh being creative on you know on my own terms this is something i want to do this isn't something like i'm creating for like you know someone else that's reaping all the benefits off of my creative energy kind of you know this is something i'm co-creating with you um and uh yeah the, i mean the potential that you know who knows if it does well enough like that could be like what we do is like really awesome and exciting yeah and, and it's felt like i mean it's it's always felt to me like it's a it's an idea that's going to touch a lot of people because yeah. i really do believe that the like primary principles and tenets of bdsm are super powerful um like can be extremely life-changing for people who choose to enter into those uh, relationships or negotiations or placings or whatever, it can have a really, really big impact on who you are, at least in my experience and I think in many people's experience. So finding a way to invite more people into that dialogue has been the entire point of my kind of vi envisioning this toy line from the beginning, as I, I said, you know, um, like the kind of image of like dungeons and leather and latex and all of that just isn't for everybody. It's not for me. It's just not something that turns me on personally. You like latex. Well, I like latex now. But listen, <laughs> latex is derived from a plant. So it's still plant-based. Yeah. <laughs> now, not, once I like wrap my mind around the idea that latex is like still kind of part of my plant play fetish, I was like, all right, I'm into the latex now. Um, but anyway, uh, kind of trying to create like an aesthetic... Um, an aesthetic uh, touch point for people to join in on BDSM is to me really important because I do believe that all of the principles, consent, safe, 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 safe and consensual play, negotiation, communication, like yeah. constant checking in, like um, role play, just all of these things are things that I've always been so excited about seeing the world embrace. And I want to, I really think um, doing that in your one-on-one -on -one connections and like your relationships and with yourself is like can be a potentially world-changing way of like I don't know living life I guess yeah and if you can create that in your own life you can create that with other people and then they create that with other people and then 
maybe people stop trying to kill each other for fun. <laughs> I don't know, you know? You know, it's like that question of, like, can those small actions reverberate out and change the world in time? And I feel that way about what we're doing in creating this line. The tricky part is the fact that it's still within a system of consumption and money. That's true. And marketing. And so it's like we're using the tools that are, it's like that quote we've used before on the show of like, you can't um, dismantle, dismantle the master's house with the master's tools. So it's like, we're trying to, in a sense, dismantle the system of domination and oppression by, by inviting people to engage in domination and oppression play and ex- like experience and, and um, kind of examine that behavior in themselves. Well, it's like, um, I think baby steps, you know, not everyone's ready to like make huge bounds in that, in those directions. And it's not possible for everyone to make huge bounds in those um, directions. But when you, when you take small steps in like being intentional about that play Mm -hmm. or being aware of, uh, of what those things are, um, I think that's where you start to kind of uh get people thinking about like what's going on with these systems what what is my intention with this like you know Mm -hmm. and um that's where that's where change starts to happen because it's a it's a little unrealistic i guess to expect people to just 180 um off the bat but like planting those little seeds and starting to open those doors Mm -hmm. is is important Mm mm-hmm yeah, and then I think uh, like another microcosm of that is us as we build a business. How do we try to build a business um, that is also like ethical and not like reproducing constructs of like I don't know oppressive and uh, exploitative practices as we do that? You know? Yeah. How do we keep it scalable? How do we not like default to mass production or default to like? Oh, easy. These, you know. <laughs> I don't want to do mass production. We're, we're, we won't do mass production. Um, it's yeah it's it's in your intention when you're not thinking about just making money i don't think like if if that's your ethos like going into that and mm -hmm. don't like you know don't allow greed Mm -hmm. to become your bottom line it's kind of tricky i don't know if you experience that but i do have like a little greedy i have like a little greedy capitalist pig who lives inside me sometimes yeah i think i I don't i think there's a distinction between fair compensation Mm -hmm. and just trying to extricate Mm-hmm. money yeah i but i do feel like there's yeah. some part of me that sometimes is like yeah and then you're gonna <laughs> we, were, we were joking about like and then you're gonna take over the world you know there's like some weird imperialist like devil on my shoulder sometimes that i almost feel like i have to keep in check it's not like overpowering i don't think that that's like who i am as a person that's why i've managed to remain really poor all my life <laughs> um but like it it is there because I think it's part of what's like seeded into us is like this is what makes you successful or not successful is how you succeed in this like you know uh, <laughs> imperialist uh, colonizer regime or whatever yeah and but, if you're I mean, not then you're redefine, a redefining what success looks like too and that's like, really important yeah being happy like doing something that you enjoy doing and feeling okay about being fairly compensated and not not screwing other people over while you're doing that you know Mm -hmm. that that to me like sounds more like success than like running some empire where i'm like the king on the castle and just 
sucking life energy out of everything around me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk really quick about um, the the fact that our line keeps being uh, mislabeled as eco-friendly. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we had a couple interviews with press this week, and uh, at least on two occasions, press or like whatever, just like media appearances, and on two occasions, our line was mislabeled as eco-friendly, which I thought was really, really interesting. And it's something I've been thinking a lot about and researching a lot about this week, especially if you're connecting it to like best practice, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In terms of being a producer or a business. Um, So we label our line as eco-sexual, which is like an umbrella term that like covers a lot of different uh, behaviors and ethos and ideas. We see it as like Ecosexual in the sense that we're using like plant life as like an image that we're departing from that there's a kind of sensuality to nature that we're trying to tap into with this line but that's kind of it there's like another branch of ecosexuality that has to do with eco-friendly products and like uh products that supposedly are good for the environment <laughs> are plastic that's not harmful hmm. i mean there's uh, <laughs> i don't really know if like yeah plastic made from like hemp but that's not something that's legal in the U.S. right now. But, yeah, I don't know about eco-friendly sex toys. I'm sure there's probably something. I'm sh- well, but... like shock rubs we were talking yeah, about, like which is like crystal. a crystal dildo butt plug uh, like sex toy line. That makes sense. That's probably eco-friendly. It's probably handmade, I'm guessing. Yeah, but, I mean, like, when you're mining those, or you, yeah, right? I don't know. I right. Mean... <laughs> so, anyway, this has been, like, an interesting kind of point of contention, or, like, some not even contention. something Just misunderstood. That misunderstanding that we've realized we kind of have to learn to deal with because it's probably going to come up again and again yeah um because ecosexual is a new term because eco-friendly is like a much more recognizable term and people seem to be conflating them so like it seems like in order to be eco-friendly um it's super difficult to do unless you're mass producing or maybe have like more overhead or something probably more overhead i don't think mass producing is eco-friendly right so I guess if we had more overhead to like create our own silicone yeah. plants, which ideally I'd be able to do, but even silicone I don't, yeah, is I don't not think... eco-friendly. So, um, but in any case, I've, I've like noticed in myself like a weird kind of guilt about that, but then also recognizing that eco-friendly is also just kind of like a neoliberal term that people use to like pat themselves on the back about yeah, feeling it, good about what they did with it, their money. It's a marketing term. <laughs> it's 100% a marketing term. So I think that's going to be an interesting part of our journey if that continues to come up is to also use that as a way to educate. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, those of you who listen know that we have our like unique beliefs on this show and you know getting those ideas out there and make people recognize that like a lot of this stuff you're fed that's supposed to make you feel really good and morally upright is a lot of bullshit you know and and i guess like that's something that we're gonna probably have to face more than once as we do this line i think yeah one one good thing that or one interesting point that you've been making when we've been talking about this is we have this opportunity to help shape kind of the conversation around ecosexual because there's like there's a lot of push right now at least if you like google it to like one side of what ecosexual could be but it's it's completely uh, i think people don't really do much research on it they read like the first few things like there's a teen vogue article about it and they're like oh yeah this is what it is but it's really yeah it's really this really broad term that can mean a wide variety of stuff and people are just like kind of honing in on some like fun buzzwords that make it like Mm -hmm. uh, a good talking point, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think, I, I absolutely think we're in a position where we get to help shape that word and also encourage other people to shape it because with all sexualities and all sexual expressions and representations, I think you have the right to determine what it is for yourself. Language is fluid and language should remain fluid and not like mired in what the Wikipedia article says because that's meant to be edited and changed over time yeah. anyway, you know what I mean? So we have this opportunity to do that and that really excites me because ecosexuality is a term that has always made a lot of sense for me and who I am and it sounds like for you too. Yeah. Even though our expressions of ecosexuality are different, it's still a term that should encompass many different expressions. Yeah. Like mm. with all things dealing with sexuality, it's a spectrum and mm -hmm. it's broad. Yeah, <laughs> so we want to just keep broadening that and yeah it's actually a really fun position to be in and to i guess it's kind of start what i've started seeing us as in like the past week is recognizing that oh this is we we could be educators on this specific topic of bdsm and ecosexuality you know and that's that's pretty exciting to think that could be another part of like facet of our journey together. for sure that's something i've definitely felt called to doing I mean, mm -hmm. i'm excited about um yeah, exploring those possibilities. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that you've been doing uh, for your work is performing a striptease conceptual art piece in a major art institution, and that's what our following interview is about. It's about kind of what your experience has been like, uh, and then what one of your other performer, your co-performer's experience has been like, and kind of comparing and contrasting what those have been like. Why did you want to do an interview with one of the other female performers for this piece um i guess the idea came from just some of the reactions that i was getting it was really interesting a lot of just kind of overwhelmingly like negative reactions um so i was interested in hearing i mean i could kind of guess what it would be like for a woman to be performing a striptease in a museum setting um but i, I thought it'd be important to get kind of that perspective and um learn some more about kind of what someone else might be experiencing in this very similar setting that I was doing and kind of, yeah, exchange those ideas and experiences. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, and it's been difficult. It's kind of been like a, a roller coaster a little bit for you doing this piece, right? Yeah. So getting maybe perspective on what that, if, if it's been the same for her, if it's specific to your experience, is that interesting to hear? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think kind of, for the most part, it was like kind of as I expected, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Let's listen. Let's get into it. So we are here with Dorothy. Um, what's your last name? I just <laughs> Debrule. Debrule. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> and she is our very first guest. Yay! <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. <laughs> so we've we want to talk to you today because you are currently performing in a piece um, that Temba is also performing in at a major art institution museum in Los Angeles by a major um, world stage. Uh, I guess I'm going to say conceptual artist. Um, and you guys want to Temba? Do you want to explain a little bit of what the piece is? Um, so it's kind of, uh, I think what's the right word to use here. It's, uh, something where the audience comes in and they're not expecting the performers to, uh, kind of start this, I guess we could call it a striptease because that's what it is. 
Um, so it's kind of this undercover striptease that happens unbeknownst to um, the audience. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and I think importantly, we are dressed as museum guards. So we yes. are like sort of posed to look exactly like the guards that the visitors have seen in the previous galleries before getting to the gallery that we are in. Yeah, very much undercover. Right. Yeah. So they've just gone through this big show where they've mm-hmm. read all these wall labels and looked at all of these ready-made objects and pieces of art, mm-hmm. and then they come upon you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm speaking from my experience having seen the show like two weeks ago and seeing Tambo perform. I don't know what it's like. It's like probably different every 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 person how they do it. But they come upon you guys. You appear to be um, security guards, and then you proceed to do a very sensual striptease for them mm-hmm. in the space. Um, when you guys, I know you guys, so you guys went through this process of rehearsing and figuring out what the striptease is, and there's, like, quite a bit of, uh, contact that's made, not physical so much, but, like, eye contact and emotional Mm -hmm. contact, Mm -hmm. I feel like, that's made with the audience, Mm -hmm. um, which I find really interesting and curious about the piece, and I'm curious to hear you guys kind of compare and contrast what your experiences have been Mm -hmm. as both male, male and female, white and brown mm-hmm. and like I think that's one of the things we're looking at is like what is that like yeah <laughs> <laughs> Super um, yeah I mean it's definitely a confrontation um and I think it's definitely a test of the viewer uh to see how long they can sort of like maintain the gaze um a lot of people do leave and you know at that point like the dance is over when they leave so and so sometimes that feels like a relief sometimes it feels offensive but um the other thing is like about the sort of surprise element of it like we were staged at the back of a wall too so when visitors come in like their back is to us typically Mm -hmm. and I sometimes feel like a hired assassin or something (laughs) come in and like my gaze settles on them. Like, you don't know what is about to hit you. Um, so that definitely <laughs> informs <laughs> the, uh, the gaze, I feel like, for me. And then also as a female performer and doing the striptease, um, it's a mode of protection for me, I think, as well. Like, I have had to sort of create a shield around myself being a performer and a dancer and I've like done sort of go-go um and backup dancing and that sort of thing so it's like a way of filtering being objectified or sort of like embracing the object perspective is being like sort of an attack yeah (laughs) yeah you're kind of taking it Taking it and flipping the agency a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really, or not even flipping it, just really taking on that agency of the performer. Yeah, yeah. and I think that maybe does make the viewer feel a bit more tested mm-hmm. than like another way I could imagine doing it, which is more about like entertaining them and mm-hmm. is maybe a little softer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's an interesting part of it is that when they walk in the space, I guess I did see that when I saw Tempo perform it, it was people turning and then turning around and realizing this guy's doing this thing. Yeah. What is this thing he's doing? Is he supposed to be doing this thing? Like, am I supposed to be looking at this thing? There's a lot of that yeah. going on in that moment, I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that moment when uh, people walk in, for me at least personally, um, it changes depending on 
like who it is like when it's a woman walking in by herself or even two i'm very like hyper aware of like they probably think i'm a creep and mm-hmm. i've had that reaction like yeah. that's been the majority of the reaction from most mm-hmm. people to me so that that was i know i, I was speaking to you about it like in the first week i was like oh or it was one day i think where i didn't eat enough or something so i was like already like super emotional from not eating and i was just like oh <laughs> this this thing is like super energetically draining for me cuz yeah it just I understand that, like, yeah, this is, like, a durational piece and people are going to leave and it's, like, sexualized and a lot of people aren't going to be ready to, to feel, to, to receive that. Um, but, yeah, it's just so many, the reactions have been, like, disgust. Just, mm-hmm. like, just watching facial expressions, just, like, ugh. And, like, I'm just, like, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Does that go away after they, after you kind of, like, more fully commit to it and it's really Um, I'd say no. Most of those people run right out of the room. So like, who are the people that stay? The majority of the people leave when I'm doing it. Um, oh. I've even had people come up that are like, oh, I heard there's a dance over here. I'm like, yes, there is. <laughs> and I'll wait a moment and they're just kind of waiting. They're like, oh, when is it? I was like, it's coming up and then I'll start and like two, two specific interest in instances. One was a woman and one was a man and, uh, I had them kind of wait a bit and then I started and they were both, uh, one, I specifically remember her saying, Oh, it's you. And then walked out and the other other one, uh, yeah, was a guy and like waited and then saw me start to dance and then just was like, and walked out as well like just like oh fuck you had any experiences (laughs) like that um i've had people approach me looking for the dancer Mm -hmm. um and i'll say like yeah if you stick around you might see it or something like that um but the people that come in expecting it and kind of knowing that it's me that just stare at me i will not dance for I don't like that feeling of like sort of being like a a monkey yeah 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 put on a smile (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. um or you know there are the people that or at least I have this experience quite a bit that people see you dancing and they're like kind of excited about it but they leave and they get their friends and come back to be like all right now like look at her dance Mm I also (laughs) do it for them unless like another person comes in and I really feel like uh, in order for the piece to engage for me, they need to not notice me. Mm -hmm. It's better if they're caught off guard. Yeah. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And not like it needs to be super dramatic, the being caught off guardness, but it needs to be not about expecting it to start. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think there's like a spectrum with yeah. what that feels like. Um, but I have sort of like established these rules for myself about like the terms under which I'll do the dance. Yeah, I, I like that because <laughs> I know you mentioned that to me um, like in the passing of our shifts because we often, um, one of us will be before yeah. the other or after. And yeah, I, I stopped doing it if I notice. Sometimes people will like peek around the corner yeah. and then walk away and then come back. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just like, no. Yeah, <laughs> you lost your chance. 
I <laughs> I really feel like uh, there needs to be some exchange between the viewer and the performer. Like I feel pretty strongly about that. Um, and whether that is a monetary exchange of having bought a ticket for the show or it's an energetic exchange and that's what it has to be in this circumstance because it's a free museum. Yeah. Um, and so it also kind of determines for me, the quality of my performance, I determine the kind of dance that they can get based on what they're giving me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not uh, doing this voyeuristic crap. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, like, I'm not great about it because I do have this kind of performer ego that, like, wants to impress and, like, I'll do more than I should sometimes. <laughs> like, I, I definitely, like, found myself in these super challenging positions and people's backs are to me and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who am I performing for? Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. But I do trot, like, I had somebody watching me the other day that was like, like a cartoon frowny face staring at me, but wow. like staring at me the whole time, but looking like so miserable and judgy. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I just like went into a really like lazy mode. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would you? Why would I give get? so much of myself? Yeah, <laughs> you're already like when it's stacked against you. Yeah, it feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was that lady a couple days ago who talked about how glad she was that it wasn't a woman? Oh yeah, I had this, this one was lady. Really interesting. She she saw it before and she, she didn't say. I mean, obviously she didn't know it and doesn't know any of us. But she said it was a woman that was doing it. And she was like, I just couldn't watch it. I don't believe in uh, women taking their clothes off for male artists. She was like, it just shouldn't ever happen. Oh, for male ever, artists ever. specifically. Yeah. That's and interesting Yeah, I was just like, hmm. And we started talking about like uh, strippers and she was like, what else did she say? Oh, oh, that's not performance art. I was like, how is that not performance art? Like it's debatable whether they view what they're doing as like performance mm-hmm. art, but um, it's like that's definitely performance art. And she's like, well, that's a philosophical debate. And but she, yeah, she was really excited that there was a guy doing it. She was like, I had no problem looking at you, but when the woman was doing it, I just couldn't look at her in the face. And mm-hmm. she's like, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like you've um, met with that kind of judgment? Oh, uh, def- oh, definitely. Yeah. and it's definitely mostly from older women. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like either some pity like some somebody's forcing you to do this mm-hmm, right. um or yeah just straight shaming and i did have a woman like tell me several times while i was dancing for her you should be in dance class oh <laughs> here you should be in dance class wow. and i was just thinking like yeah dude like 30 years of dance class got me here <laughs> it's like these are the jobs that are available to dancers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And go to a strip club, all of those girls have extensive dance training. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. How do you feel that the work with, or working with this institution has been in terms of like, like this idea of the artist being like an economist and all this and learning how to monetize his work, do you feel like as a performer um, that the institution is like, uh, comp- not, I don't want to say compensated, but like treated you guys with the, the I don't know the right attitude towards the difficult the difficulty of this work 
in like the context of what it is and everything. How, I know it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I if mean, you want to just free, freestyle that. Like, on the one hand, I could imagine much worse treatment mm-hmm. and much worse circumstances. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, compared to being in a performance setting where like you know there is a green room Mm -hmm. there is like water during a rehearsal process Mm -hmm. uh they're concerned about like the density of the floor and injury (laughs) um and they're concerned about scheduling like Mm -hmm. yeah it's typically pretty different when you're dealing with people that are accustomed to producing and programming performance and what I've found like this institution in particular has a rep in at least my community for not really knowing what they're doing in that realm (laughs) when they're hiring dancers right yeah exactly uh there's another piece that you know like similarly had a longer exhibition period and it was a live work and some friends of mine uh were hired to do that and yeah, and it's like horror stories because it could be much worse. But um, that was sort of like a much more sculptural piece, and um, they were just like treated as actual objects. You know, it's like right. oh, wow. it feels like you're so inconvenient as a human as opposed right. to a sculpture that they can just like you know box up and forget about until mm-hmm. the instant they need it or something like that. Like yeah. the scheduling, I feel like is such an apparent component of that that like you know i get called in the night before or something like that it's yeah. like you're paying me <laughs> so little money mm-hmm. one thing i really noticed in watching timber perform it uh was was really recognizing the objecthood of you guys mm-hmm. or or i would say the curator's intention of you as an object yeah in the piece like you were someone came up to you and was like where's the wall label and you were like i'm the wall label yeah yeah you know, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that kind of that thing too. Yeah. <laughs> especially because in this show in particular wall labels are really the art in, in right. a huge way yeah um, right, and then right. the fact that you guys actually speak your wall label mm-hmm. and act as like the signifier and the signified and it's it's pretty people are so thrown off by that though they like, are. Do you, yeah it's what do you feel like is the <laughs> percentage of people that know what the fuck is happening when you say that right oh yeah almost almost nobody (laughs) so many people come back to like what what yeah (laughs) huh i had somebody uh at the opening be like wow like i really loved that performance it was so interesting just wondering what did you mean when you said Steven Seagal is selling out? <laughs> that's <laughs> like, awesome. Like that was like the secret key to the significance oh, of the tease. That's hilarious. And they do all think it's Steven Seagal too, yeah. which I, I like. totally had a brain fart and said that one day. <laughs> did you really? yes. Oh, it's all awesome like, you. It's already out. I can't correct myself. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a funny thing to like talk at that point. But, I mean, in relation to being an object, Mm -hmm. it is the sort of not talking thing. Because I do have a lot of people talk to me while I'm dancing. Yeah, Um, all the time. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't respond. Uh, Oh, interesting. So you don't. Yeah, not at all. Until it's over. After after I've said the wall text, if they speak to me, the rules that we were given is if they speak to us after it's over, Mm -hmm. then we can 
talk back to them and we can say whatever and just sort of like speak as ourselves. Do but you do you do you engage with people and do you enjoy engaging with people? Um yeah, I I mean honestly I can't think of a time when I didn't enjoy talking to people mm-hmm. afterwards. That's what I noticed most yeah. about watching Tumba do it too is like how much he was engaging with people that it seemed to be like almost the most enjoyable part in some ways. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, I didn't mind. I, I guess based on uh, how much people like walked out or I got some kind of really negative reaction from people mm. that if someone was like cared enough to ask about like, oh, do you have to do this all day or like, oh, yeah, a- any sort of like uh, humanizing, I guess, of me was... I was glad to, was to, to, to yeah, just yeah. see what they thought. And um, I think most people that engaged with me, um, at least it, w- it was uh, meaningful in some way and interesting to hear their yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Have you had anyone um, get ups, uh, report you? Because this is something Temp has been experiencing. Yeah. These multiple people have multiple people you? have gone to the guards in the other room and I, I can hear them and they're like there's a man in there taking his clothes off da 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 isn't that like, so interesting I think probably like five or six times now okay so I think I have a version of that but instead it's like the creepy dudes that think it's our little secret that I'm stripping for them. Oh, so they wow. wouldn't really? report me, but they'll like wink at me and like whisper to me. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> and I've had people like kind of try to like warn me when somebody else looks into the gallery. Be like, okay, they're coming. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop, like, so you should stop. stop. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, which yep. is really funny. It's all you, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, like, one, I think that's one really interesting thing about, I guess, the piece, whether it's intentional or not, the artist's intention or not, is Mm -hmm. those, like, the the diversity of reactions. Yeah, the reactions are... Like, based on, I guess, what is expected of, like, a a sexualized dance or a striptease from a man or from a woman. Right. Um, Yeah, it's hard to say, but... I mean, what was telling to me was when he said, you know, sort of in telling the story of the piece, when he first made it, the expectation was that nobody would stay and people would just leave as soon as you started taking your clothes off. And I think that comes from a pretty like prudish Euro perspective and museums feel like a a very different culture Mm -hmm. there Mm -hmm. than they do here Mm -hmm. (laughs) in this moment Mm -hmm. um and so I asked him uh like at the opening I was like you know I just wanted to hear him sort of acknowledge the significance of doing this piece in this cultural moment of the me too movement Mm -hmm. and being in LA specifically like there's so Mm -hmm. much pointing to um like problematizing (laughs) and uh he said that yes his solution to that was to make sure that there would be men doing the piece when the press was there yeah that solves everything (laughs) (laughs) um so i don't think he is is aware yeah concerned i think he might be interested and like you know it's sort of a neat the nature of the work that it's like you know it's such a simple kind of like one-liner thing that has so many facets to it right and it puts 
pretty much all of the labor on the performer. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's to negotiate. Thing. Yeah. That's the thing that I really took when I watched you do it, and I really realized how super complex the piece is for you guys, mm-hmm. you know, and to take all of that on and to to bear that and then also to translate it for the audience. Yeah. Verbally, you know, the fact that you guys are also explaining, like, in a sense, explaining or, or mm, yeah, I guess translating all of it. Right. For your own experience and to the people who are talking to you. It's very complex and it's a yeah. lot. It's a lot more work, you know. Yeah. Than I think is, like, acknowledged and, yeah. Dorothy, do you um, kind of explain it to anyone that asks you? Explain which part. (laughs) Of the, uh, I guess, kind of the intention in the work, or... I've had people be like, well, so they say, like, they're searching for the wall text everywhere. They're really, like, frustrated. Mm. Um, And then some of them will be brave enough to talk to me. And I'm like, yep, I am the wall text. And they're like, ugh, like, so bummed. And then they're like, well, do you know what it's about? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And for the most part, I have found that just saying, you know, like, the title of the piece... Can I... (laughs) Maybe I can't say it. The title of the piece is Selling Out. Um, you know, I think that informs a lot of the artist's conception mm-hmm. of what this work is. Right. And I explain that the artist makes a lot of work that uh, is live, but in visual art contexts. So, um, sort of playing with the idea of a performance as existing as a sculpture. Mm-hmm. And he's made a series of performances for museum guards, and this is one of them. So it's about sort of activating the museum frame all the sort of like ingredients that are in what you experience when you're at a museum mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i usually just say that and that's your like uh, yeah okay yeah yeah um but the people that like want to get into it um that's a different conversation it really depends on yeah. who is saying it but i i definitely do have men like you know sort of try to liberate me and being like mm. Did you know know that (laughs) that it's, you know, you're like in this sort of tricky position and like, did you know that it's a male artist having you? Wow. (laughs) Hadn't thought of that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel like, um, I, I, the first time someone asked me like more about like what the intention of the piece or work was, I couldn't remember if we were told not to specifically talk about it or not so i just started saying uh we were asked not to discuss the specifics so i'm just like i'm like "Eh, i really i mean i saw yeah i really don't feel like i want to like if someone asked me like oh do you have to be here all day or like what was the the creative or rehearsal thing like Mm. do you did you make this yourself or like yeah i'll talk about that a little bit but yeah in in terms of like the intention i just like i'm like we were asked not to discuss. <laughs> mm, so you still say that. Yeah. I mean, it is true that we were never given it. Yeah, we're never given And yeah. I'm just like, eh, I really don't, yeah, feel equipped to answer that question, really. Yeah. yeah, we weren't given anything in that yeah. realm. Um, I mean, it also is, like, so telling and, and fitting in the show that people go through the experience of watching it and then want you to explain what it is at the same time. Right. It's yeah. like, why would it be something other than what 
you are experiencing right, right. now. The whole, right. Yeah. But that is, that is kind of the whole thing of the show because totally. there's so many ready-mades and because it's like, that's a broom. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's this broom in this context right. with those, these meanings behind yeah. it or whatever. Totally, yeah. totally. Although, like, there's something very other in the performance nature of mm-hmm. it. You know, it kind of has like a, a musical quality to it where it's like oh, I'm in an everyday situation and suddenly yeah. it's totally different <laughs> yeah. somebody's Definitely. dancing yeah. um, I don't think there's that sort of magic in any other piece in this show like mm-hmm. you know I, it feels like every other piece is sort of like you know a punchline or something mm-hmm. you know like some old buddy that yeah, is totally. like you call that art <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, my dining room table there is so much of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really true yeah. Yeah. You guys are in a way like the most accessible piece, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And definitely. Definitely the most exciting. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> what has it been like uh, when kids come in and all of that? And I know you guys had specific instructions about that. Yeah. 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 Um, well, so there's a, another piece that we can do, and I've done it maybe three or four times. Um, and it's. I'll do it for kids that seem old enough to be sort of aware of their surroundings and, like, Mm -hmm. form memories. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And young enough to, um, yeah, like, not to feel sort of squeamish about sexuality. So there's, like, some window in between there. Uh, But the thing about doing the piece that we're instructed to do is it still freaks people out and it's still just like a weird little blip it's just Mm -hmm. it's a short little hoppy dance um and you know we still say the name of the piece at the end and everything i just feel like doing that piece is like worse than doing the other piece yeah yeah Yeah, people are just you don't do it right unable to process what just happened yeah 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 i don't do it because I can never remember the title of it. And I feel like it was sprung on us the very last rehearsal. Yeah. I was like, fuck totally that. Like You're not forgotten. throwing that on yeah. me. And like, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think if there's like, because we've had a bunch of like kind of school groups and stuff like that come through. So I won't, I won't do it if it's a large group of like kids that don't have their parents mm-hmm. with them. But... I've had a couple um, times where it's like mom and dad or dad or mm-hmm. mom with uh, a younger kid. Mm-hmm. Um, not like I'll do it if it's an infant, no problem. But like, yeah, yeah like toddler and up, um, I'll still do it. And I think I've had a couple of them like stay and watch, but leave kind of like after the when it comes apparent that pants are coming off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had one really interesting one where it was a dad with a son, maybe like five or six. And he was like kneeling down next to his kid. And as I'm like taking my clothes off in this very like sexual manner, he's like talking to his kid about what's happening. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't quite hear the words, but I thought that was really cool that mm-hmm. he's sitting here and like yeah. helping his kid digest this. Right. And this, uh, I'm assuming, like, it didn't feel like it was in a negative way at all. It's right. just trying to contextualize this for his kid. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool that he's, like, allowing his kid to have this experience where he's watching a man, like, be sexual and take right. his clothes off for him. And, like, I found myself, like, 
almost wanting to self-censor a little bit, like tone it down a bit. But I was like, well, obviously this guy's like cool enough to, and comfortable enough that mm-hmm. he wants his son to have this experience. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I should give him the full experience. Mm-hmm. Like, cause uh, yeah, I just, I, I thought that that was really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He like was able to do that and provide that experience in like not a negative way for his son they were like super happy at the end and he was like yeah cool especially because especially because it seems like so there's you've had so many experiences of being perceived as like predatorial Mm -hmm. or like bad bad man taking off his clothes to see someone respect and enjoy that it's that's nice yeah nice to know someone's (laughs) yeah Mm. what about uh teenagers teen if you have a group of teen girls Um, I've had a few most of them will stay and giggle for like a minute and then leave Mm -hmm. um even even older women like uh young young 20s will sometimes do that too kind of stay and giggle for a moment Mm -hmm. and then walk out yeah 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 (laughs) um trying to think Usually older women, older than, yeah, yeah, like I'd say probably like in their 50s or older, uh, if they stay, will be super into it. Mm. Um, and then I guess kind of like middle-aged women with partners also seem, at least if the partner hasn't left. I've had a couple of those where like uh, female partner will stay, male partner like storms out. Oh, yeah, the opposite of that. You're the same. Oh, interesting. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Or or then, like, the girlfriend will, like, drag them out. Yeah. Didn't you have someone come up to you? Yeah, I had one with a... I I don't know if they were dating or just friends, but a male and female... uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Friends cohort. And uh, I start doing the shirt down, and the guy gets in my face, and he's like are you serious right now? And I was like, am I about to fight? Like, it was like really like aggressive energy. Whoa. I'm like, keep going, kind of back away from him. Yeah. And he's like grabbing his friend or girlfriend by the elbow really hard and like trying to pull her out. And I was like, wow, this is really fucking weird. Yeah. And like, I get through it. They leave, um, kind of reset. Did they stay till the end? They stayed till the end. <laughs> Uh, reset and standing there for a while she comes back with friends minus him but uh, I think two other female friends and another male friend and they watch again and they're super excited about it but for whatever reason he was like super triggered about it yeah (laughs) it was yeah that's the only like really like physical kind of confrontation zone I've like approached but yeah for a moment there I was little worried I was going to get hit. <laughs> wow. Is that the only time you've had that kind yeah, of aggression? Yeah, only time kind of, yeah, that kind of yeah. aggression, yeah. for sure. Have you had anyone get physical with you or kind of no. encroach in your space or anything? Mm-hmm. Um, No, the closest thing that I've had is people that, like, maintain a close distance and I think they kind of get, like, stuck there, you know? Mm. Like, they didn't realize <laughs> what was happening and then they felt weird moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, but no, I feel really lucky that I haven't had anything like that. I know one of our coworkers, or uh, maybe not touching, but like, uh, 
like somebody was like taunting her with dollar bills um, and then like talking about grabbing her. Well, what's um, kind of shocking, too, is you guys are the security guards, but there's no security guard for the security guard. Yeah. And as art objects, you and everything else in that room is unguarded. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Even totally. like even a strip club has a security guard for mm-hmm. looking out. A bouncer. For the yeah, yeah. A bouncer. So there's, and you guys are also trained as security guards, correct? No. I thought they kind of, no. didn't they give you, no. didn't, did, weren't they going to? They said they were going but to. It didn't. was mentioned, I believe. Yeah, I think I feel like just like showing us the sort of locker room where the security yeah. guards hang out was our training. And it's like <laughs> this. Yeah, now you know. Yeah. You don't know, now you know. That's weird. Uh, it is That's weird, weird. And, it, and it's, it's, it's a, yeah, I think it's something that they're uh, maybe a real big blind spot for them. Yeah. To not recognize the potential danger sure. of stripping yeah. in public. Any, well, you know? and I think that that was in part the artist, too, like, didn't want another guard to be in there, you know? Because to me, like, the whole photography issue, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how much you deal with that, but, you know, people always have their phones yeah. out. And that's just, like, you know, not specific to this museum and this piece. In general, I find when people go to a museum, they mediate it through their phone. Like, mm-hmm. people yeah. walk into galleries looking through their phone camera mm-hmm. um so i was like obviously this is going to be an issue that the curators are prepared for to my knowledge this artist has a big deal about not allowing their work to be photographed mm-hmm. like i really assumed that that would be something that we address and on top of that it's one thing to perform live with nudity and it's another thing to be constantly documented and right. put all over social absolutely. media yeah. that way absolutely because so, like even in, like like again even like in a in a strip club there's no photo there's no, no yeah. hard no photo exactly. no video policy and you guys exactly. aren't extending that yeah so I brought that up when it became clear that they weren't going to address it mm-hmm. and um, like nobody responded to my email and then instead I got an email being like you know we had a conversation about this and you know we want you to know it's being taken seriously and we're gonna try to figure it out but the response was basically like. You guys mediated. It. It's better that you so it becomes another deal job yourself. Yeah. Right? So that yeah, and the thing that's tricky is there are two other works in the gallery that people can take photos mm-hmm. of the flowers. And, and so when people have their phones out, I'm just like a hawk looking at the direction their camera is pointing at. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as it like crosses over to me, I like have a series of gestures that I do to be like, put your phone away. Mm-hmm. Do you like, find? Uh, do you find that uh, when you tell people no, they're usually responsive? For the most part, people get it and yeah. they're like, oh yeah, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> um, but some people are, are mad about it. Yeah. yeah. So I find I usually, for the majority of people, I have to tell them twice. Mm-hmm. Like they almost don't think I'm speaking to them or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Totally. Um, I do find yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Well, um, because they think it's like part of the dance yeah. or something, mm-hmm. you know. I think they're so caught off guard in a lot of ways. So you do you mostly gesture or do you verbalize? I it? don't verbalize. Oh. Yeah, I like wave my finger and I cover my face. Mm-hmm. I have no. A couple of times I have cleared my throat pointedly. Uh, <laughs> I, I started verbalizing because yeah, I feel like the first few times when I tried to gesture, it it wasn't yeah going through. But still, even it. when I'm like. No photos, no videos. Like people are like, yeah. Someone, like, Steven, no. <laughs> Steven Simkowicz, like posted a 
photo of Temba where he's very clearly saying like no videos oh he's saying it in the video Mm -hmm. I I told him like five times he had like a friend with him doing a video while he's trying to take pictures and I'm like no 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 yeah like why can't that be somebody's job yeah you know that's the thing you guys are doing so many things right exactly so it's like tied into the performance mm -hmm. but and at the same time that the the title of the piece selling out and also it's ties to like sex work and Mm -hmm. uh artists work and performers work and all of that like becomes very apparent in all of that Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like it's interesting for that reason, you know, mm-hmm. um, where your boundaries are drawn and where they're respected and not respected, all of that right. is really right, right, apparent in the piece. I feel like yeah, yeah. Um, but again, I feel like something that wasn't necessarily intended in yeah. the conception of the <laughs> exactly. Work, yeah. you know? And you guys are left to because bear. when I brought it up to the artist, he was like, "Oh, well, no one's gonna try to take a photo of you." Mm. <laughs> wow. you when somebody's naked, people don't take their phones out. I'm like, "Yes, they do." Well, and, and, when, and when this piece was first made, that wasn't a part of yeah. daily life and reality, right? Exactly. At all, you know. Exactly. So. Yeah. And it hasn't. I feel like. We were told it ha- this is maybe the third time. It hasn't been done very often. Yeah, not since, that many yeah. times, I don't think. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I was like, maybe as time goes on with the exhibit, it, they'll realize that it's a problem and they'll sort of change the policy about it, but I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, yeah, they don't give a shit. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You get that feeling? Yeah, yeah. I think they just I mean, want it to be easy. Yeah, you know? and it's exactly. Like, oh, yeah. it's functioning? Great. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but in terms of safety, like, have you had the guards kind of try to look out for you in any way? Like, no, do they talk to you? No, not. I mean, sometimes when people are, if I go out to drink water, they're like, oh, it's cold out here. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Sure. Or so, what about the times you've been reported? Like that because mm, they obviously No, they don't come they don't come up to me after. Really? No. That's so weird. Um yeah, the interactions with them have been very, very minimal. Sometimes if if it's completely dead and someone walks by, they're like, Oh hey, how's it going? every once in a while, but that's about yeah, that's about it. Well it must be a very strange experience. Going in there. <laughs> it's bizarre. Really? Well, and the the thing about being reported, like, I wonder if that's happening to the other, other male performers. I don't know. There's, I yeah. feel like that's got to be a race thing. I, I definitely. There's a lot of, ra- like, homophobia, racism. Right. Um, yeah, that's reflected back at me. And yeah, being, like, sexually aggressive yeah. as a male of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and that's like a whole extra burden that you're taking on that none of the other performers are. Right. You're yeah. taking on a burden as a woman that Tempest not. You know, there's like right. a whole, there's, it's very like, there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. going on for each of you, you know? Yeah. And the design of the work doesn't necessarily accommodate that, you know? Right. Like, um, I feel like my movement style is very much coming from a place of cultivating this sort of like protection around myself but I don't know if you feel that way in in like your version of what the dance is like in what way does your choreography serve you individually hmm it's a good question um I don't feel like I don't know I I really I enjoy kind of uh, getting a rise out of people in some mm-hmm. ways. So I guess 
uh, my movement is kind of more, I guess, yeah, to get reactions. Like I, but I'm also at the same time, like being a dude and being a brown dude, uh, and maybe not, uh, pushing it as far as I would maybe in a different context, like where mm. it's not like, yeah, this unexpected thing in an art gallery where yeah. normally this kind of like movement isn't happening. Right. Um, so you feel like in a sense you so, have a little more safety to, perf- to, um, like- not necessarily more that I just, I, I guess I don't, I guess, yeah, in a way safety in that I don't think most people are going to challenge me. But also, I guess I am censoring a little bit, like, my proximity to people just because of the context of the of where it's being um, done. But that is something you do in daily life, too, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, yeah, if I'm walking down the street and there's, like, uh, a woman in front of me, like, I don't pass her. I, like, hang back or try to go across to the other side because I'm a fast walker mm-hmm. and most people I and have to, And that will, like, freak them out or something? Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, I, I've, like, as a child experience, like, trying to walk past people and then, like, like sh- shrinking away, or shirking away, that's the word, mm-hmm. from me. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, just being very aware of how I'm perceived by other people just mm-hmm. existing. Mm-hmm. So, sometimes I get, yeah, sometimes I'm in don't give a fuck mode, but right. it really depends, like... If it's late at night or, yeah, nighttime where yeah. if someone's going to call the cops because they feel like I'm following them, like, it's not fucking worth it to, like, just be me. Like, mm-hmm. I'll go out of my way to get, yeah. like, away from any potential kind of mm-hmm. situations like that. Yeah. Do you feel like there's an opportunity to just exist within the performance of the work, though? Um, No. Like, yeah, like, I'm, yeah, constantly aware of, like, I guess how I could be perceived. And mm-hmm. that I think that's part of why when someone talks to me afterwards, if they're, like, super into it, why that's yeah. so enjoyable to, like, just have someone be like, that was really cool. I enjoyed yeah. that. And humanizing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just being either. seen as a performer mm-hmm. and not, yeah. Right. Some, a threat or a, so, yeah. a, an object or whatever. And, I mean, I totally get where some of that fear is coming from. I mean, um, I don't walk through the world in a woman's body and I, like, it's, I can't even imagine like what existing like mm-hmm. that is, is uh, mm-hmm. as an experiential thing. But, you know, I can... Um, even, yeah, I don't know. From my limited understanding of that, like, I, I can understand where some of that comes from, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just thinking, like, from seeing you perform it before, when we were rehearsing and sort of giving each other notes, like, mm-hmm. I did notice a quality of you when you perform it, you, like, take this sort of mask on facially of yeah. like doing this kind of look and it's like very serious and yeah. like, that's not the person that I talk to <laughs> not doing the dance yeah. and so I just wonder if like yeah to what extent is that mask still going on because I do feel like there are sort of opportunities within the performance of it for me some of my favorite moments are 
pauses. Like I have sort of a lot of pauses when I know that somebody's like, I've got them. They're watching the work. Yeah. Um, to take pauses where we're just looking at each other and it's just in stillness to sort of force a like dialogue about like what, what are we doing in the present moment? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you are performing as much as I am. I'm watching you perform as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I wonder if there's an opportunity for that with you and if in what ways that could be generative, you know, yeah. to like, you know, there's the script that you're totally playing into in sort of like a caricature or stereotype of a sexually aggressive male of color. Yeah. So like, what about when you stop doing that for a second and it's just still and you're just looking at them and they can just look at you like what happens in that moment yeah you know yeah that's something to play with um and that's that's kind of i know i've expressed to you genevieve uh, a little bit of my frustration in kind of our co-creation like process in the rehearsals is i felt there was a push for a lot of like of these stereotypical like masculine like totally things i'm just like this is boring like this that's not who i am mm-hmm. like i uh, like my at least my in, my thoughts on my movement and being is like much more dynamic than yeah. that and yeah. like, I'm like it's it's not what i imagined going into it i thought yeah. i thought it would be a lot more uh interesting than that (laughs) is that has it been like that for you well I mean I feel like that's yeah it's it's more labor for us but one of the things about how much or little oversight there is when it comes to performance in the museum is there's zero accountability Mm -hmm. like you know they just want us to function without looking at what we're doing yeah. nobody's checking in to make sure that we're well, doing well Temba does have a babysitter oh i did i had a babysitter yeah who um, was it a friend the assistant uh no uh, a friend came to check on me uh a weekend okay more it, than one time though no he said he was he'd be back uh the next week but he never showed I remember meeting, I think that's an assistant of the artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he said he would be sort of like a secret shopper for yeah. that week did, to check on everyone. Yeah, did you? Did anyone show up for you? Or? I didn't see him. Uh, no, no. Because, yeah, it was specifically like um, for you. told to me that I would have someone checking up. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, you know what? Also, I mean, not that I'm like trying to protect <laughs> because I am the first person to shit talk. <laughs> But um, you weren't performing at the opening, so I bet it was about oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because he, that was sort of like the test for everybody to uh, okay. see how we did in front of real people. Okay. So do you feel like you've kind of shifted and, and morphed the experience so that it feels more like you are present totally. in the piece? Yeah. I mean, like, I take some license with it mm-hmm. for sure. And, like, especially when people aren't watching me as well. (laughs) Um, And in terms of, like, determining the kind of dance that everybody gets and and really making it specific to each viewer and the kind of movement that I'll put in there. But we had some back and forth, the artist and I, too, about, like, you know, what he thought I should be doing as a woman and the way that I present. (laughs) And that's such a thing when somebody is making work with a performer that's about them being themselves. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> you kind of have to 
push back a little to be like... Well, it's it's not about being yourself. It's mm-hmm. about reproducing what you represent to, to that person yeah. making the work. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so, you know, he kept saying, like, you're just so pure. You're so pure. You're so pure <laughs> dancer. I just want you to be really, like, smiley and twirling. And I was like... Well, no. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. And I don't know what you mean when you say pure. Yeah. You know? Wow. Um, hmm. And he also told me that I should wear, I should try wearing lacy underwear. That might help me. Hmm. And oh. I was like, no. Did you get any underwear? <laughs> my uh, my movement's always affected by the uh, <laughs> no, I was fabric. Like, I, I feel like of... I could take on that physicality, <laughs> but um, I'm not going to go buy that. Yeah, did you get told what you're supposed no, to do? No, I didn't get any notes on undergarments. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, like, I think really important to talk about your experience and, like, what that, you know, what that difference is, too, of being potentially someone who's objectified in a different way by the audience and the artist, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think that part of the intent of the work is for us to play into the quote-unquote codes of what Mm. striptease is. So, like, having the recognizable vocabularies and aesthetics um, and having, yeah, that very binary, boring stereotype of, like, this is what female striptease looks like and this is what male striptease looks like. You know, he said, like, the thing about male striptease is it's about doing less. Like, it's sexier to do almost nothing. <laughs> Whereas the thing about female striptease is you have to be doing, like, a bad bend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so... And, and the other thing is of the group of women performing it, I am, like, probably the one that's most practiced as a dancer, like, in this current moment. Um, and so... Like when he was looking at the differences in us and trying to sort of sculpt what our individual choreographies would be, he was like, You have to be the danciest, whatever that means for you. And you make it all, but like it has to be, um, you know, like big, more, 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 more dancey dance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's become like a very taxing dance. <laughs> um, but the crazy thing is my body has really adapted to it. Like, after the first week, I was, like, swollen, so mm-hmm. sore. You know, I do a... You're probably on your knees a lot, too. Yeah. Like, bruised up, you know, or not wearing knee pads. And um, I do this, like, slow split most of the time. So my inner thighs are just, like, burning mm-hmm. from doing that. But now, I don't feel anything at the end of a shift. Right. Like, my body is totally... Just adapted to taking it on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Which I feel lucky about. I don't know if that's necessarily answering (laughs) a a question about femaleness. Are there any, like, experiences you've had with people that really stand out in your mind as, like, whoa, what was that? Um, yeah. I mean, I've had a bunch. So, though... There was one where I recognized somebody that had been there before, um, and he had been there, like, the week before, and I recognized him immediately because he had this, you know, he's, like, an older dude, and he had this super creepy smile, and he would just be, like, smiling the whole time. (laughs) And what creeped me out the most about it is that he, like, tricked me into doing the dance again. Um, So he had his back turned to me until I started dancing and then turned around and watched him. He was alone in there. 
And I was like, you knew this was coming. So I did, I continued to do the dance, but um, in a very, like, sort of angry <laughs> manner that felt, you know, sort of like a duel. Sometimes it feels like a duel to me. <laughs> like, I can, there are a lot of men where I can experience their shame when they look at me and they, like, you know, are, are sort of recognizing being complicit in you know, this lineage of sex work and striptease and objectification is not necessarily they're taking it that heavy, but right. mm-hmm. there's something. There's some shame. Yeah, yeah there's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyhow. And then there are some men that, like, recognize my degree of aggression and want to meet it and top it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so th- that, yeah, really feels like a duel of back and forth. So I did the dance for this guy, but I didn't take my top off. And that's another thing that I'll decide to do sometimes, mm-hmm. like when, when it's okay or not. Um, and then I broke the rule about being able to talk to people when they talk to you. Mm-hmm. And so once it was over, I said, have I seen you here before? Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, I was here last week. <laughs> and went into this long thing about, um, you know, like being political and a radical and that's what he liked about this museum they had political art and I reminded him of a feminist performer friend of his you know just like trying to drop like I'm a feminist and I get it and like and smartness it went on for a super long time and I was like okay well I just wanted to see if you were a creep you know I recognized you and I don't really want to see you here again um and he left but then after the fact, I was like, uh, is that a problem? Like, people are allowed to come see museum shows multiple times, and that's totally common when you really like an artwork in a show. You'll come back to see it again and again, and even with performance, you come back to see it again and yeah. again. But to me, it, like, really triggered this, like, it made me feel like I worked in a strip club and I had a regular, mm-hmm. you know? Like, he told me he had come back at that time to see me again. Um... And I was just, like, responding to my feeling in that moment. I think you have every right to feel like you can't come back. I mean... I mean, I I didn't say don't come back to this museum. mm -hmm. I just said I didn't want to see him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you have every right to do that. Uh, I mean, it's within... Yeah, it's completely within reason. And considering everything that you're already putting into it, having to, like, have that anxiety and then that mm. like extra emotional labor of like dealing with this right repeat creep sounds, sounds like a creep yeah 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 mm. and there have been a couple of times when I just like pick up on yeah. a certain kind of vibe and I just don't of course I just don't dance yeah um and I do feel like that is a power and I, I think about the dance as a privilege that people have to, to earn. earn yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Totally. laughs> Um, yeah, I'm trying to think about other, like, stories. I did, there was one day where I did, I danced for a baby and a dog, but, like, separately, and they're both such strange experiences, because (laughs) with the baby, the mom never looked at me, was just looking at the baby, and the baby was very intensely looking at me. Mm. So, like, the mom and I are both just looking at the baby, like, while I am (laughs) doing this 
striptease for the baby. The baby's, like, so into it. The, I don't think the mom ever looked at me, like, even at the end, but stayed for the whole thing. Wow. And it was the same with the dog. The owner was just looking at the dog the whole time, and the dog was wearing a jacket that said, do not pet me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... You know, like, I don't know if you've ever danced for a dog before. (laughs) (laughs) But they, like, get really sort of, like, agitated and, like, jumpy about it because you're moving sort of abnormally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also, like, the rhythm of the striptease is a lot of kind of, like, fits and starts, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of, like, constantly, like, lunging at me. (laughs) And then, like, being told to sit down and the owner is, yeah, just looking at the dog and I'm just kind of, like laughing a little bit but continuing to dance for this dog <laughs> this dog don't pet me dog <laughs> i didn't know you could bring a dog in there that was i've had huh. dogs multiple yeah? times Whoa. but this was the dog that was like really watching me yeah um yeah i, I find it really interesting the way people want to hide when they're looking at you yeah yeah there's a lot of that yeah definitely and I've had that I've had uh, multiple groups of like high school boys like boys schools come mm-hmm. in and they will stay and they'll like come back again and again too um, but they only will look at you and you think that they think that you're not looking oh, at them they can only steal a glance exactly yeah, yeah there's yeah. so much nervousness mm-hmm. and shame there uh, so there's just like one moment that I had when I like was top like nipples out and there are like uh, 18 dudes there <laughs> but they're all looking down <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I was like I could do anything right now yeah. like it was so funny mm-hmm. <laughs> like really strong image you guys do bra off yeah that's interesting yeah the nipples out is a very significant moment yeah for I think everyone. so <laughs> you don't have the same kind of significant moment where like the unseen bit is seen right yeah. exactly right i had i had one guy what did he say he said sweet piercings bro because I, I have my nipples pierced for our <laughs> listeners that don't know that but um <laughs> yeah that was i was like an interesting like he was with his uh, what appeared to be his girlfriend at the moment, his partner, and yeah, that was, I was a not not as blatant as the in my face guy, but another really uncomfortable with what was going on, and w- mm. obviously wanted to leave, but the, the his partner uh, wanted to stay. It's interesting. It's just like that was his way of like dealing with Emasculating his un- you, right? uncomfortability yeah. of the Whoa. situation. Um, right. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of like really uncomfortable guys, which yeah. is yeah. I mean I kind of expected some of that, but not to the degree I'd say like ninety five percent of men that are there just super uncomfortable. Like yeah, they like, don't know how to don't know see how to you. yeah, don't know how to see this as like right. as a yeah, work of art, as a mm. piece. Um Well I would say probably majority of viewers don't know how to see it as art yeah first how to see it because like you said people are averting their gaze yeah, yeah. and don't even know exactly how to look at this and then right. to be able to perceive it as an art piece is like a whole other challenge i feel like yeah to the piece yeah yeah um have you ever had anyone do something like just kind of bizarre 
Um. No, not like. I had. I've had, like, some super positive experiences, and I'm interested to hear what, like, the most positive experiences were for you. But I had, like, two two younger women, and they were, like, dancing with me the whole time and uh, were singing Shakira, like, for me. <laughs> yeah. We were dancing in silence. Nice. Um, and just, like, shouting affirmations, like, you look so great. Your hair looks so good. That's like, awesome. <laughs> it was so nice, you yeah. know. I was like, this is really, like, what feminism should look like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I had another guy um, come in, and it just kind of speaks to the way in which like, we are playing out fantasies for people in the sort of musical nature of it, you know, like, doing this unexpected thing. And for some guys, as a female performer, it's like, oh, you, like, see this lady worker and suddenly she's doing a striptease for you. Um, But with this other guy, he was, like, a super flamboyant dude and someone that you can tell just talks to everybody around him. So when he... And he was in a wheelchair. When he came into the gallery, he talked to me as a museum guard mm-hmm. and was like, oh, you could just do your yoga in here, huh? Like, it's so <laughs> big. You could just move around. Great. Um, and, you know, said the line about the male piece of like, that looks like my living room table, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Did anybody say that to you? <laughs> uh, someone, someone said something about, oh, my OCD, I want to like clean it oh, up. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like I've only gotten, yeah, I think that's the only person that at least commented to me really? about You guys are talking about the pile of yeah. daily yeah. mail that's yeah. stacked on the exactly. museum floor. Yeah. So he made that joke. So once his back was turned, I started the dance. And he turned around and he was like so excited to see me dancing and clearly thought that I was just like having a fuck it day at work. <laughs> I was just like gonna go for it. Whoa. And he was like, yeah, you a dance major? Like, oh yeah, so great. Um, and then realized that I was starting to strip and like, you know, it's so visible when people go through that experience mm-hmm. of like, is it okay that I stay here? Mm-hmm. How do I feel about this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> just like back and forth that you can just watch play out. Um, but he was in the end really into it and he was there with his boyfriend's mother and they were sort of like exchanging whether they should stay or go and I talked to him at the end Mm -hmm. and he was like I really thought like what have I done when I saw you start dancing like I thought because I suggested that you could dance in here you just went for it and I thought like maybe it's her last day (laughs) 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 and like you know I wanted to warn you when people came into the gallery and it was just like such a nice turnaround of I experienced that narrative Mm -hmm. but in a very different lens usually Mm -hmm. um And he was afraid that the boyfriend's mom was going to, like, wheel him out because he's in a wheelchair and he wouldn't be able to see it. Uh, Yeah, so that was cool. It was great to have, like, a really long conversation with them about it, about sort of the ins and outs of it. And I just feel (laughs) I want you to have that experience, too. I had, well, I guess simultaneously, like... uh, I guess I viewed it as positive and bizarre. Um, I had one where uh, 
part of uh, what the men do is kick their shoes off. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, one woman start taking her shoes off and like kicked them at me. And I was like, what Whoa. is happening right now? <laughs> she wanted to partner dance. <laughs> um, so I like... She just did that, and that was it. And then I get to the end, uh, reset, and she comes over to talk to me and, like, puts her shoes on and uh, was kind of telling me, like, she's like, well, I, I really liked your engagement with the eyes and, like, the breaking away and coming back. And um, I felt really uncomfortable. And I was like, oh. She was like, uh, and I wasn't very close to her at all. It's probably, like, five or six feet away, mm-hmm. but... She, she told me, she was like, I was thinking like, please don't come to me. Please don't come to me. Please don't Mm -hmm. come to me. And, uh, it turns out she like told me that, that the piece really brought up for her, her like uncomfortability with her own body. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was beautiful that she was like able to be that open with me and Mm -hmm. also like analyze kind of like what her feelings were to like a complete stranger. And, um, she started telling me the story. She uh, taught French. I can't remember where at some school. And she had this experience where a former student of hers came to her class and was telling her how the class changed her life or his, sorry, her class changed his life and um, was really appreciative to her. And she was telling me, she was like, yeah, I was really uncomfortable with it. Like I couldn't take this praise from this person like because mm. she saw I don't know what this had to do with it but she was like saying she was like he was a really beautiful black man and um <laughs> she was like I could could not handle like the she was like it, it was more than just like his uh physicality it was just like his spirit and she's um. like I couldn't handle the this person that I uh perceived to be beautiful like showering this praise at me and she was like I had the same experience with you like this attention Uh that I'm getting from you like I wanted to run out of the room and I was just like oh that's really interesting like just like I was like thank you for being honest with me and sharing that like I thought it was cool that someone could like yeah break down these feelings and like right. that they're having instead of just like yeah running out mm-hmm. and yeah um, did she explain what the shoe thing was about she didn't say what the shoe thing was about but <laughs> that I was like her way really of dealing yeah. with her own exoticization <laughs> of you yeah I mean I, I assume it was yeah something to do with like dealing with how uncomfortable she felt or something mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah that was interesting you had mentioned that, like, the day that me and my friend Elizabeth came to was uh, one of the best days because you felt like people were engaging with you in a really positive way that day. Yeah. I, I noticed uh, I get more positive kind of engagement the more people that are in yes, the room at once. Totally. Um, so that, that's something you experience as well. Yeah, because I think it decentralizes the pressure for them. Yeah, yeah. So it's totally more like a sense. show because they're part of an audience. Yeah. Um, but it's very different energy when the museum is like practically empty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I find for the most part, people are more likely to leave if the museum's empty when you start dancing. Yeah. It's like freakier. Um, and like those nighttime closing shifts too. <laughs> like it really feels like a haunted house. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like you're one of those people like grabbing their ankles <laughs> um, this, 
there's like another piece in the show that like you know all of a sudden starts slamming and making a loud noise and I feel like yeah there are moments where yeah. it's like oh where am I <laughs> <laughs> yeah things have come down um, and definitely like if I'm alone in the gallery with just one man and the museum is otherwise empty it feels much heavier mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. heavier um, but it can also feel like much closer for the most part if it's a woman you know mm-hmm. interesting uh and i wonder if that's reversed too like a, a one woman walking into the room feels a similar mm. fear or something to suddenly have a man stripping for her yeah i, I wonder I'd imagine so that's that's kind of what the reactions tell me yeah. yeah although i mean some of the like the first person to really come up to me and be like that was awesome da, 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 was a woman that saw it by herself and mm-hmm. She was a yeah, someone that started dancing too. <laughs> yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah. Have, so, have you had people that feel like they're kind of like on your side, sort of, like? Yeah, every once in a while, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that woman, and then uh, Genevieve, when you came, I think you saw when that couple. That couple was, was so like, into. Yeah, I had a, I've had I think two couples that have been like just like. Yeah, super engaged and just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. You could feel him, like, I, I observed them coming into the room, and she came in and was just like, yes, like, all about it right away. And then he came in kind of like, what's going on in here? And crossing his arms and being, like, um, a little protective, defensive. Why yeah. is my woman so into this? And then getting... Re- softening getting really into it and just starting to it seemed like identify with you and be like yeah man way to go dude <laughs> and it was really interesting to watch their reaction and then they sat and talked to him for a long time afterwards and oh that's it great. was cool there's a real connection happening and yeah really yeah cool. yeah but yeah we let you go back to your life and yeah your boyfriend <laughs> he's just cooking now so right. <laughs> all night but yeah it's so great to hear Totally. That, you know, your perspective. And really interesting to hear yours, too. Uh, It would be, yeah, great if you could get everyone. Oh, yeah, everyone together. I've been saying that if there was just, like, a way to get five minutes from each person. Like, hey, what are your weirdest experiences? Because, you know, another one of the performers, like, it's a professional. Mm -hmm. um, And I think it's been a very weird experience for her Mm -hmm. being outside of the strip club. Totally. You know, I know she gets much more offended when people don't look at her and leave yeah 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 of course and just and and kind of like we were saying that some of the protections don't exist Mm -hmm. and those things that would be so so offensive in that context are just happening willy-nilly totally and this is something i've experienced time and time again in institutional spaces is feeling like it's worse than sex work yeah having had experience in both realms like actually it's like working in museums and sometimes galleries is like much worse. It's, yeah, huh. there's a lot. <laughs> I've had worse experiences there than in other contexts, and that's something that really comes up, perhaps in this piece. In terms of the object, um, just in terms of compensation for the labor. Yeah, mm-hmm. compensation for labor. Um, uh, uh, an ability for the institution to recognize how much you're giving in terms of emotional. Labor, which is also a huge component of sex work, and sure, um, the and the, the fact that in this piece you are, you know, uh, embodying like a sex worker's movements, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. so yeah, I and what think, makes a difference, right, yeah. right, <laughs> right, right, just the money, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the lighting, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the music, 
music and the, music. Light, the track yeah. lighting. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very interesting in that way, and that would be really interesting to speak to. Yeah. Every other performer, too. I mean, one of the other men is a professional burlesque dancer, right? Isn't he? Yeah. Is he? Uh, yeah, he tours with uh, Dita. Dita Montes. Oh, I didn't know that, mm-hmm. but I could see it. Yeah. I just thought he was a commercial dancer. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. commercial burlesque, I guess. So. Commercial yeah. burlesque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I wondered how comparable your experiences as, like, you know, masculine presenting performers are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would be interesting. Dedicated another six episodes Maybe. to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really but yeah. Thank you so much for talking. Yes, yeah. thank, thank you. Thank you so much for wanting to talk about it. Cool. <laughs> Is there anything you want to plug? I mean. Oh yeah. To plug? You don't have to. Might as well just open it up. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, I'm happy to share that I'm the director of this performance space, PETA performance space in Lincoln Heights, um, and we have a lot of different somatic practices, classes going on, workshops, physical theater, Cunningham, Capoeira, house dance, just like a very wide spectrum, trying to embrace the fact that dance means something different to everyone. Um, and so I encourage everybody to come out to Peter and try something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We want to. Yeah, you yeah. should. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's free studio time there also every Wednesday and Saturday. So oh, amazing. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah. called Open Studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, one to three on Wednesdays, three to five on Saturdays. Nice. Feel free. Okay. <laughs> Thanks so much, Dorothy. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis. If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic, with a K, halitosis, cosmichalitosis at gmail.com. Please subscribe and like the podcast. And you can follow us on our personal Instagram accounts. I am Gorgeous Taps, and Temba is Tembizzle, T-E-M-B-I-Z-Z-L-E. Thanks for listening.